0: This is the Music Publishing Podcast with your host, Dennis Tobensky. Join Dennis in his weekly nuts and bolts conversations with composers, performers, and other arts professionals as they navigate their careers as concert musicians in the 21st century. And now your host, Dennis Tobensky. Everybody, welcome to the music publishing podcast. I'm here today with uh, Rose Marshak, a, a musician and professor. Uh, hi, Rose.
1: <laughs> Hello.
0: How's it going?
1: <laughs> no dinner. <dead> yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, what can I do for you? I'm very, oh. I'm very honored to be on on your podcast. Um, Feel like talking about how I met
0: you, but but you, did you know have uh, something? To- well, I was I was just gonna say how we met you. I'll 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 let you take that.
1: Yeah. Well, I so somebody told me you got to go. You got to bring your your music business students to see this. You're alum, right? Of ISU. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and so I was. I think it was not at the right time either for our class. We had to come mm-hmm. in in the middle of your class. I remember, but I yeah, was just, yeah. or or we were there before or something. But I was I was just so taken with your, you know, you've got this amazing attitude, so so positive, and on top of and and so supportive of a scene. Mm-hmm. And that's really, really important to me. You're supportive of of your fellow musicians and, and you have this amazing publishing company and, and you're helping people like this, you know, you're and but to me, the support of the scene was just so it, it just really spoke to me. So I, I love when my students get exposed to something like mm-hmm. that. I, I yeah. love that. I want them to understand, you know, I don't know how people grow up. These days, I don't know if they, you know. I know that they're taking lessons. They're learning the mm-hmm. violin. Maybe they're in competitions, you know, mm-hmm. music competitions, whatever. They're competing for first chair, whatever they're, mm-hmm. they're competing for. Um, and we don't really talk a lot about our scene or our fellow musicians. Maybe you do kind of, you know, because you're playing in orchestras and everything mm-hmm. like that. But but when you get out into the, you know, when you get to college, at least that's where I want to give an experience. I want people to understand. Yes. There are three record stores on the main street in Normal, mm-hmm. Illinois, mm-hmm. and they're all friends. The owners mm-hmm. are all friends with each other. And people, you know, every and so there's a scene, and we want to support it.
0: Yeah, totally. So that's, totally.
1: that's a big, big thing in my background. Okay.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I think. Yeah, I think support is, is just huge for, for you know, just getting yourself out there. If you're helping other people, they're probably going to help you, right back. And yeah. Yeah. great Mm -hmm. sense of community um yeah that was uh 2013 when i first uh when we first met i was i was on campus at illinois state university for uh, the premiere of of an orchestra piece that i have my lgbt suicide thing and um i knew that i wanted to you know i've been writing the composer's guide to doing business for a while and i knew i wanted to start speaking a little bit so i i worked with uh Pete Gaither, who at, at the time was one of the associate deans, and, and set up the, this talk. And I forget if it was during, it was somebody's, somebody in the theater department. It was like their class time. And so yeah. their, their class was a part yeah. of it. And then, then you came in with your music music business students. That was that was a lot of fun, um, my making a career in the arts talk.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's fantastic.
0: Yeah, um, it was fun talking to your kids again this past February.
1: And the best part. Okay, so so yesterday was my first class, right? So I was oh, nice. meeting my students for the first time. We went through uh, twenty-eight. I think twenty-eight students this time. Some of them are arts technology majors. Others are uh, music business majors. Mm-hmm. And and I was thinking, I mean, there's a lot of pushback now on on what they call syllabus week. You know, where they're, mm. they're this this year they said, hey, don't just go through the syllabus and and let them go early. So I was thinking, oh, well, I'm kind of torn, you know, because I don't want to be that professor who starts teaching the first day. (laughs) Oh, no. Um, And I don't want to kind of, you know, not go over my syllabus. So Mm -hmm. we went through all this. And, we, and we, then we did introductions and the 28 students in the room and I, I wrote five different things that they had to talk about on the board. So, it was, you know, and then I was like, oh, the guys in the, on the, in the right side are going to be looking at their machines by the time we get all the way to the left side, whatever. But it turned out to just be so fantastic because there's 28 completely different people sitting in front mm-hmm. of me and I need to understand what they know and what they care about in order yeah. to teach them. Yeah. So totally. and this is and, and I can go on. I, I'm 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 trying to get to a point here. At the end, two students came up to and I should have gotten their names. Two students came up to me and said, You have to meet this guy called Dennis Tobensky. He came and spoke last year. And then I was like, really? You know, because I was just getting ready to say you, ha- I have to get you to speak in my music business class again. They were, <laughs> they were just all about you. And I said, I'm going to be on his podcast tomorrow. and We nice. were very excited.
0: Nice. But
1: that that's... happened at the end of the whole class.
0: That's pretty so, cool. So it's
1: come full circle.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's 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 awesome.
1: <laughs> but so now to go completely off on another tangent, because I am, I am tasked, I have tasked myself with um furthering the canon of of punk rock of the punk mm-hmm. rock movement do i have my this is the bible of how the punk rock movement fits in with history this nice. this talks about dada and stuff like that and situationist nice. international and modern art okay nice what's so, what's the um,
0: what's the title of that one cuz it this will end up as just audio only at some point so we so we know for the audio oh feed oh my
1: goodness oh lipstick okay tra- all right so this is lipstick traces a Secret History of the 20th Century by Grill Marcus. Nice. Um, and it's, it's really, really interesting because it t- I didn't know about the Situationist International Movement yeah. and how it, it, it sort of, you know, it, it's the lineage from the, it describes the lineage from that through punk rock to the, you know, crazy bands like the Sex Pistols and stuff. But I was yes. going to talk about, you were talking about a scene and mm-hmm. giving back to a scene. And if you're good to mm-hmm. some people... The, you know they will be good back to to you and um and that reminded me that we had this thing called band karma when we mm-hmm. were on tour back in the late well in the nineties let's let's just say the nineties all the nineties uh and we said that if if a if a band or a group was coming through our town we would we would house them and be very mm-hmm. nice to them and and talk you know listen to them, talk about their the people in their town and what their town is like, and then that that would be that would build up our karma in mm-hmm. such a way that when when we went to their town there would be a nice place to stay and we nice. were staying on people's floors and stuff <laughs> like that. it was very, very DIY so nice. I'm trying to figure out why that's important and how that fits in um, because i'm I'm old enough now. And experienced enough now to know that it is important.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I just have to explain it to other people. So you know, it's it's interesting. So I, you know, I'll I'll give you a little background about me. Um, yeah, i I'm, yeah. I'm a classically trained pianist and violinist, and I play the the closest I ever got to playing violin in public was playing in the Uni- University of Illinois Orchestra, mm. um, and I was very lucky to get in that because. My, I am, my major is computer science in, okay. in the School of Engineering. So my background is computer science, uh, and that's what I studied at U of I in this very, very interesting time to be studying computer science at U of mm-hmm. I back then because that's when the internet was born. Yeah. It was really, really cool, among other things. But we didn't talk about that in our classes. We had very, very theoretical classes mm-hmm. about how to optimize code and how to write code and very low-level languages, and chip architecture. Mm -hmm. And I loved all that stuff. And it had nothing to do with music. (laughs) Um, So I graduated with, I ended up with two undergrad degrees in different (laughs) aspects of computer science and math. Nice. Uh, And working in a flight simulator company, this Mm -hmm. has nothing to do with music. But at this time, I was in a rock band. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that I said, violinist and pianist but i played bass guitar in this in this punk rock band and we were we started out and and i the reason that i could play bass is because um i i guess i have perfect pitch and with a punk rock band you don't really have to have to (laughs) compose that much on the bass you have to hold it together your your function is is to be the framework Mm -hmm. um so uh so i yeah i i uh (laughs) There are all great stories about, about how I was allowed in the band by everybody except my, who would become my future partner. Um, (laughs) but, but but anyway, uh, so, so we were playing punk rock. We were composing punk rock songs in the late 1980s. And, and this was an interesting time to be doing that. And, and other groups were traveling around the United States and Europe by themselves, doing Mm -hmm. everything by themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, putting out their own records and their own CDs and their own cassette tapes Mm -hmm. and, and buying vans, cheap vans, and just booking them, booking shows themselves and driving around and meeting other bands and making very, very interesting music. Mm -hmm. Uh, And my friend, John Fine, who, who just wrote a book about this um, says, I think there's a quote that says, you know, with, with absolutely no worries of becoming famous, (laughs) <laughs> we all this this whole scene had we had absolutely it's some it's better than that even it's it's a great quote and i, I wish i had it um so we never had to worry about that we would become popular ever mm-hmm. because it was pretty avant-garde music
2: mm-hmm.
1: um so i did this for a while and I, I and it ended up to be a certain time where major labels were starting to look for independent rock bands. So we ended up on a major label. We ended up putting out le- lots of records um, on independent labels, but then we ended up on, on reprise, on Sire reprise, you know, which is part of Warner brothers.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, uh, and I had a lot of experience working for them. And, and uh, during that time, <laughs> during that time, mp3 sharing started happening so that's when the music industry started kind of crumbling right yeah so people's and there was a band called Metallica that, that was yelling about this and saying, people are stealing our music, you know, and we're not getting paid. We're going we're gonna to lose money. And, you know, meanwhile, Metallica, you're getting 10% of, of your sales. You know, the record label's taking the rest. You shouldn't be complaining. <laughs> but um, we, were, we were one of the bands that said, well, people are, are trading our MP3s. Music is not, you know, recorded music is not going to be worth what it was once worth. What mm-hmm. can we do now? So we sort of went, we, we sort of decided that, well, movies, digital media, uh, games, we, we sort of co- started composing different things that we would put on our CDs. And we created these enhanced CDs. Nice. Um, and that's what we, we put out an enhanced CD on Warner Brothers called RTFM. And, uh, and I programmed that. I remember the guy, I remember our A&R representative going, well, you guys are, you know, would you like to put out, an enhanced CD with all kinds of computer stuff on it. And I remember saying, yes, that would be awesome. People would love that. <laughs> and he said, good, well, you're going to do that. And you guys can do that yourselves, right? Because you're all computery and stuff. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, of course, of course, I know how to do that. Uh, and, and then we had to figure out how to do that. But So that, so I sort of branched off into multimedia for a while Mm -hmm. while I was, and and I did some multimedia even for Warner Brothers. That was kind of nice. Then I went back to grad school to learn art, which was absolutely different than what I thought it was. Mm -hmm. I thought art was making stuff look beautiful, but it turns out that's not what art is. That's design. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) So... Uh, yeah. And, and I worked, well. Oh, then there, there was a sort of segue where I worked in virtual reality for a while. I worked, in, oh, there's nice. a couple of virtual reality domains at U of I.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it was called the cave. If you, and and it's, it's interesting to talk about this now because actually I think it's, it's time where people are actually going to start using virtual reality. Mm-hmm. But it back like in the nineties, so you know, it was, it was mm-hmm. like nobody. Yeah here, put on these hundred thousand dollar glasses and you'll (laughs) see fish swimming around you. Look, isn't that neat? Oh, we better create some art with this. Oh, look, I've got a virtual orchestra on space, but it's, you know, it costs $500,000 to make, and you can only see it when you come to U of I and go to this (laughs) special room that people have a key for. Enjoy, you know, Uh, but I did that for for a while. I did that for a while. And then I was rescued by Illinois State University and (laughs) Brought to this heavenly place where I could teach people. Nice. And so that, that's that's the that's the short story. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice. So you uh, so you teach uh, both arts tech classes and and your music business, right?
1: Yeah. The um, I I got an email from the wonderful Matthew Smith here, who's a professor at ISU. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, and and he said, hey, there's a position open here. You should come. Come, you know come apply and I was like no no I'm happy here I like champagne I'll stay at U of I and even though I'm kind of a toady you know and he was, and he wrote again please please come and then you know we're looking for somebody who can teach arts technology and music business and yeah. I, I remember yeah I remember thinking well I can't oh my goodness who would do something like that you know I probably could do that but I don't know this is a great story okay so this is this is this story is entitled why music is important. Mm. So I had a baby and I was fat. And so I decided I better go jog. So I went to one of those places, those 24 hour places with machines that you jog on with TV sets in front of them. Right. So I was jogging. I was like, okay, I'm going to jog. And I hate, Oh my God. I hate to jog. I hate to (laughs) run. I hate any of this stuff. I hate exercise. So I'm on, I'm jogging and like, you know, 25 seconds into me jogging, trying to lose weight, I decided this is the worst moment of my life. <laughs> I can't stand this. And I have to jog. And I looked at the little TV set in front of me and it said I had to jog like 29 more minutes, you know, in 60 seconds or whatever. And I was like, oh no, <laughs> this is terrible. Oh my God, what am I going to do? And so I, I, I persevered for the 30 minutes of jogging. And then I went home and I, and I, I was like, what am I going to do? And then I thought, wait a minute, headphones, MP3 player. I should bring music next time. I'll bring music when I jog. I've heard that helps. <laughs> so the next time I went, I went jogging. And I was, you know, halfway into it, I was listening to some music. And, and I, I just, this was, it was like like the sun came shining <laughs> down on me, even though there's no windows in this place the You know, just imagine you're like jogging for the first time, the second time in like 10 years, right? And you're listening to music and what happens to you? You get what's called the runner's high or whatever, mm-hmm. right? And I, go, oh, I feel so amazing. I love this song. I love music. Music has been a part of my life for my whole life. It's so important to me. Oh my goodness. I should probably help other people spread music around. hmm So that, so then I I came back and I looked at that email and I said, maybe I should apply for this position. And then I thought, oh, well, I would have to teach all different types of music business. So I went to the library, (laughs) I went to the music library at U of I and I said, are there music business books here? And they said, here they are. And I can look behind you and that, and you have on the screen that I'm looking at you, I see like a hundred books behind you. It looks beautiful. (laughs) That's how many books are at U of I in the music library there's like mm. a ton of music book bu- music business books nice so I like grabbed them all out because as I tell my students you can get free books at the <laughs> library they're free and you don't even have to read them all the way so I had walked out with armfuls of books and I started reading and what how would one teach music business hmm and that's that short story. Did you nice. what was the question again?
0: Oh, just you know, what 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 you <laughs>
1: <teach>. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. What do I teach? Oh yeah. Um, so so my first day, you know, I thought I walked into the class and I thought, well, I know all about being a rock star. I'm gonna teach these kids how to how to navigate being on a, on a major label. Mm-hmm even how to put out their own stuff, how to get a job at a major label. I know Mm -hmm. all about the rock business. If somebody asked me about classical music, I had there's one music business classical music book (laughs) last or something like that. I had read that too. I was already. So I walked in and I was like, all right, you kids, how many of you want to learn how to be a rock star? You know? And I looked in there. It was like, people were just kind of like looking at me like, "What?" (laughs) <laughs> and there was like one kid with like a nose ring and an earring and like a mohawk in the back. And he's like, raises his hand, me, I want to. And I was like, Whoa, what do you guys do? What do you all play? But he played trombone in this mm-hmm. class and they had no desire to be a rock star. They wanted mm-hmm. to know how, how am I going to make a living as a trombone player just in case I am not the principal trombone player of the, mm-hmm. you know, the most major symphony in my yeah. town. Yeah. How am I going to make, and my parents want me to have a job. Mm-hmm. How am I going to make money? So I was, oh, okay. Oh, oh, practical music business. Like how, how you actually will make a living with what you love. Mm-hmm. I can teach that. That's wonderful. Thank goodness. Okay. So the next year I came and I was ready. Okay. How many trombonists do I have? It was all singer songwriters the next year. <laughs> all, everybody wanted to know how they're going to make a living with their singer song. Then there's a year of all music producers. Mm-hmm. And when I say music producer, now I mean hip hop beats. That was okay. a year of all hip hop beats. Every year is different
2: mm-hmm.
1: every year. And, and my goodness. And you know, one day I had somebody talk to me about a, a music school that teaches uh, little kids, you know, one of those music school, like in a mall oh. Oh, in yeah. Chicago, music mat, it was music matters. I can't remember what, what the music school was, but it was a school where little kids go. They don't just go to learn to have their violin lessons. Mm-hmm. They go there and they, can, they have violin lessons and then they have trumpet lessons and then they, have, they can pick up any instrument. Oh, interesting. It's like a playground. And I was, I said, oh my goodness. That's like yeah. another life-changing thing that I learned about the yeah. music industry. Like, Look at what you can do for kids if, mm-hmm. if you are thinking about the different things that you can, you can bring to people, you know, and, and you yeah. can make a living at that too. I think.
0: Yeah, totally.
1: So to me, that's, I don't know, to me, that's like the pinnacle of teaching music businesses. if I could have these people come and talk to people and have, have my students realize, Oh, I can, this is a new way that I can teach mm-hmm. younger kids about music and how to make it.
0: Yeah. Nice. So. Nice. <laughs> what are what are some of the things? Um, when when I was in your class uh, last time, uh, you had you had mentioned something about thinking about, uh, or at least you know, at least thinking about it, um, having your kids set up a like a a, a publishing company for the university.
1: Is Here I get some- one one student who says I'm really interested in setting up a publishing company, and I'm like, oh, thank goodness, we need to do that. There are composers at the university. Mm-hmm. There are professors who are composing music
2: mm-hmm.
1: get that out. Um, so and, and invariably, it doesn't happen by the end of the semester. So uh, I don't know. We're gonna we're gonna hit you up again. For this. You know, <laughs> totally. I, again. I had one student go. I want. I'm interested in that. And so maybe there's something we can do where you could we could make you <laughs> we could ask you to be a mentor.
0: I'm, I didn't I, even think I'm, of this. I'm that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, so the one thing that I have noticed about Illinois State University is that, especially in the arts technology program, is that our alumni just love mentoring our, our mm-hmm. uh, students, and well, it's fantastic. Yeah. And it's, I think, I mean, I'm not completely familiar with the School of Music and how it goes, I mean, but mm-hmm. I'm assuming it's a little bit like the arts technology program where mm-hmm. by the end, after four years, these people feel like brothers and sisters who are graduating and they want to take care of each other. And they see their, their newborn, you know, siblings coming up too, and they just have so much deep caring for them. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. The, the, so, the whole college of fine arts there fosters a lot of that. Um, sort that's of, great. That, that sense of, of a community within, uh, you know, students and, and alumni. And I think, I think that's, it's been really good for a lot of the um for the alumni to um for for example like the this the school of theater every year uh has a a trip out to new york but they bring a bunch of students and yeah. you know they they bring the alumni together and everybody comes together at, at this this on this one night and um you know, have some drinks and talk and you realize who your connections are, mm-hmm. that you both had the same professors or you know someone who was in this production that you did, you know, work on. And so you end up having all these great connections and uh, they really, they foster yeah. that. And I think that's that's important for, um, you know, anybody in the arts is, is kind of maintaining connections with with the school that you came up in. Because you can always, you can usually find someone out in the world who's doing something that you can kind of hook into, and you know you can help them, they can help you, and and I know that, um, you know, for for me, I I like giving back to the students at the school. The school did a lot for me, and I'm, I'm grateful for that. And then, you know. Then after I do that, they they come up to you and say, <laughs> you need him to come to the class.
1: <laughs> so now I got a question for you. So mm-hmm. was there um, a uh, – this will be we'll – ter- we'll turn the tables here. Was there an alum when you were going to school that, you know, did something amazing for you that, like, really inspired you?
0: Um, there, the focus hadn't really gone there for the school yet. They hadn't um, – especially in the School of Music, there wasn't as much – uh, there were as many people coming back. The school of theater definitely has a lot of that. Um, and I, mm, yeah. I was kind of hooked in a little bit with, the, with the theater. Um, so David Aaron Baker is, he's an actor. Uh, he's been on Broadway a lot. I got to, to meet him and uh, he, you know, he, he was one of the people, I think that, that really started to give me the idea that you can, give back to your, to the places that you, you like came of age in, and that gave, gave you a lot. And it, it, it creates this, it yeah. creates a nice cycle of mm-hmm. helping to, to teach the next generation.
1: Yeah. I think that's wonderful. I've been thinking a lot about mentors lately and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and like gratitude I, at the beginning of a school year, I always think about all the teachers that inspired me. And I, I, <laughs> a lot of times I write, um, I write thank you notes to them and mm-hmm. other times I you know I write you know apologies letters of apology <laughs> <laughs> to them for being being a pain in the butt um but I always get it seems like I get like this at the beginning of the semester and it's really fun and and it's a healthy thing too to to write mm-hmm. a a letter of gratitude to somebody mm-hmm. that helped you. It's, oh it's, totally. I I've, I've read that somewhere that grateful people are happier usually. So
0: yeah, it and and it it, it can also you know, rekindle that old connection and, and give, yeah. a, give it a new dimension.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then see what's, what's happening now at the school. Mm-hmm. So, so my task now for my class, for my music business class is to find enough people um, good speakers for them. And, and they seem to, I think that they love the speakers because mm-hmm. you know, this is only so long that, you know, old fuddy duddy punk <laughs> rock professor can sit here and talk about, you know, go off on tangents about martial arts and stuff, you know, where, you know, it's nice for them to have, like, people who are actually making a living now in the music mm-hmm. industry that they feel like, oh, I can do that too. You know, once in a while, I'll have, like, a, the one of the guys who runs the record store will come mm-hmm. in and, and some of the students will be like, wow, he's, he's just like me. I could do that, you know,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and, and people who book shows and run festivals and stuff, yeah. but I'm, I'm, worried about the, I'm, I'm very, very concerned right now, you know, just let's, let's pretend you ask me what my concerns are. I'm very concerned, <laughs> like extremely concerned that of the diversity in, in the speakers that I am bringing, you know, mm-hmm. they all seem to be of, of the white male genre. And, <laughs> and I'm thinking, you know, I have many different colors and genders of people in, in the class and
2: mm-hmm.
1: I have to figure out how to service, you know, how to make it so that people people can see other people that are doing mm-hmm. other things that kind yeah. of look like them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, I'm, and so then I'm like, well, that's that's kind of a weird thing to go out and look for speakers, you know, that are that are more diverse. That's that's mm-hmm. strange to me. And then also just just the realization that there are not that many, you know, in this tiny small town in the middle of a cornfield is also worrisome and sad. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm I'm thinking about, and then also like, how do you know like if this person's going to be a good speaker? And you know, how do you how do you judge somebody's authenticity? Mm-hmm. And how do you you know? And it's 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 interesting. I have a speaker that comes in regularly that runs a, a music, arts, technology, and literary festival. the mm. way he comes in. And he, uh, and, and I mean, this, this is an amazing thing that this guy does. And he comes in and once in a while when he comes in and he's in, he's in a bad mood and he swears at the students <laughs> and the students go, oh, he's icky and scary. He swore at us, you know, and I'm like, yeah, but he has so much information to give you. But sometimes, sometimes it's hard to give exactly I guess you know the the. It's like there's sort of a feeling that you can get from somebody that like mm-hmm. a path, you know, and and you can you can understand what motivates them. You can understand their their work ethic and stuff. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's even better for the students. So yeah. So the other the other concern is how do I get them to write about their experience to you know to sort of s- solidify it, and mm-hmm. get them get them to understand what they've learned. So that's that's another thing.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> But, yeah I think that that's important um, yeah. as you're 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 figuring things out I think yeah writing about it can it if you're writing as though you're writing to someone else, it mm-hmm. sort of becomes teaching in a way yeah yeah um yeah. so like I know when I, when i'm when I'm writing a piece and i come up come up against a problem and I'm trying to figure something out or or when I've learned something about what I'm writing um you know I keep these development diaries. And so I'll, I finished writing for the day and I sit down and I just sort of like journal it out and write as sort of as though it's for someone else. And quite often that helps hmm. me to, to work through a problem. And now I understand my problem better, or now I understand this, this idea that I was trying to get across that, that, that may be of some help maybe.
1: That's really, you know, what's really interesting. I was reading here, here check this out. Um, there's an um, analog to debugging in computer science, mm-hmm. believe it or not, when you're debugging a, pr- a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was actually just reading an article about this, too, because I have to have students because the other thing that I do is I teach computer programming at ISU. Mm-hmm. Oh, I nice. teach computer programming for creatives in order to debug a, pro- a problem sometimes you can uh, pretend that you're explaining it to somebody else mm-hmm. and yeah. as you and it forces you really totally forces you to go through your lines of code mm-hmm. or it sounds like or your lines of music and and explain them and one, and, and really understand what's going on so that's mm-hmm. that's i just i had I I experienced this myself trying to debug a program. I'd finally finally get mad and and email somebody and go, hey, have you ever done this? And the minute I hit the send, I go, oh, I know how to fix it. So the article that I was reading is from an MIT um, uh, uh, collective that um, – puts out free software there's really really cool software program called processing and Mm -hmm. p5js and so they're trying to explain to artists how to create code and they're trying to explain how to debug code and they suggest having a some people even have like an inanimate object that they explain their code Mm. to like a rubber ducky or something like that (laughs) so my question to you is when you write your journals Mm -hmm. are you writing to one specific person or is it just amorphous Or i'm uh
0: well i use, i i use or i'm starting to use my um uh development diaries as uh like dvd extras in my scores so cool. at the at the wow. very end i'll i'll put in um you know I, I really haven't had the chance to do it yet uh, with a lot of things but I'll, I'll put in excerpts from the these diaries uh and then maybe some pages of the manuscript like scans of the of the of my handwritten sketches and everything and so i'm kind of explaining the the piece and my problems to whoever buys that score so it it's usually with a with another musician in mind um sort of here's how this happened here's how this whole piece came about and here's you know Maybe there's some insight that you can glean from that, or maybe uh, it can help you with your own problem later. Like if you're coming across something like this when when you're writing or when you're doing something, it's sort of, so that's. So
1: what inspired you to, that's fantastic. What inspired you to do that? Has anybody else ever done that or?
0: Yeah, it's, uh, it comes from sort of two different places. I mentioned uh, actually a couple of episodes ago, I, I think it just, did it just come out? I forget. Um, but uh, Andre Gide, the French novelist, uh, wrote these. He would he would write diaries as he wrote his novels, and so this one novel in particular that, that I'm thinking about, the Counterfeiters, it always comes with, or almost always comes with, the diaries in, published in the back. And so that mm. you know, that always stuck with me. That idea. Um, and there's like, of course, Ned Roram's diaries you know, reading those, you know, great composer and, you know, talking about everything, <laughs> but uh, it, what really got me to do this was these uh, three, I mean, it, so much as my stuff comes from writers, um, three novelists um, who do the, mu- the, they don't do the music publishing podcast. I do the music publishing podcast. They do the self-publishing <laughs> podcast, uh, which I am oh. sort of modeled after. And they... They're the ones who who originally like used the term DVD extras for like the way that they like they'll they'll do their journaling or they'll do a, a video or, or, or something to to talk about how they wrote the book and, and what their thought process was and, and listening to them talk about that I said that's really fantastic that's a great way of connecting with you know performers or, or you know anybody who buys the score
1: yeah. Yeah, that's. I mean, you're you're speaking my language because, um, I mean, I, you're also making me think of like the the there's this David Foster Wallace book Infinite Jest, um, oh yeah, which is like totally annotated, all all the mm-hmm. annotations at the at the bottom, all the footnotes, and I'm mm-hmm. I'm going to be writing a book, and I kind of want to model um, oh, annotations nice. after the because so I think that we're used to starting to think about this because of hypertext. I think that mm-hmm. we're so used to being able to branch off now that mm-hmm. hypertext is a thing and I remember see I remember before hypertext was a thing so <laughs> so I remember when hypertext started being a thing and I remember mm-hmm. having discussions with different different people on tour about this actually mm-hmm. nice. um and and I I uh when So back when my band, Poster Children, when we first started touring, well, we were partially into it. In 1994, I started writing um, diaries and putting them up Mm -hmm. online. So I started writing diaries, too. And they Mm -hmm. were just about what it was like to travel and stuff. And this was – so I think – I'm not sure what year the blog was invented, but it wasn't in 1994. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so we were, we were doing this sort of stuff before, you know, before it became normal to post your feelings yeah. and your, you know, your day on, online. And now everybody yeah. does it, of course. Yeah. But it's, it's interesting to try to figure out. So, but I think that you're talking about teaching. You're talking mm-hmm. about teaching other people and inspiring other people. And maybe innovation comes from wanting to inspire other people.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. That's,
1: that's what our band was all about,
0: mm-hmm. trying
1: to inspire other people.
0: Nice. Nice.
1: It's interesting. Yeah. Our, uh, once in a while, somebody will ask us, what was your best, what was your best tour story? Or what was your best moment <laughs> uh, um, in your rock band? And you would imagine, you know, I'm imagining that people will say, oh, what well, time we played the Fillmore in San Francisco. We did play the Fillmore in San Francisco <laughs> and the roadies were so mean. <laughs> um one time we played in front of public, you know, we, we opened for public Enemy. we did open for public enemy in, uh, in Kansas. And there, the, uh, students who were at the show hated us. We were not a rap band. <laughs> we were like a thousand white frat boys in, uh, in Lawrence. I can't remember what city it was, but man, they were really upset. They did not uh-huh. want to see a punk rock band with a girl <laughs> in it. Um, but our crowning moment, our best moment, we were sitting in a restaurant in Champaign and we were very sad because our A&R guy had just told us that our rec- they want to delay our, our record, the release mm. of our record. It was like our second or third record on Warner Brothers. I can't remember. Second record. And then, oh, you know, so when somebody tells you you're on a major label and somebody mm-hmm. tells you we need to we need to put your record out later because it's Mm -hmm. a better time. It's not, it's somebody else more important than you is Uh, going to be put out that that week. You know? So we were dejected and we were Mm -hmm. in the middle of recording, which is not a good time to be dejected because you know, you're recording a record. It was terrible. Oh. And we were sitting with our heads in our hands in our, in, at this, this tiny little restaurant in, 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 um, Urbana actually. And, uh, a guy walked up and said, are you, are you, are you poster children? (laughs) And, you know, and and I looked up and I was like, yes. (laughs) What is it? (laughs) What do you want? You know, once in a while, like there are four people in the world who know who we are. So this (laughs) is one of them. He goes, well, I have come here from, I can't remember where he came from, from another state from the Southwest to look at this school, to look at grad school at U of I. And I can't believe I'm running into you because I stayed in school because this guy used to write fan letters to me and say, Uh, I hate school. I hate, I hate high school. I want to quit. I want to quit high school. And I would write (laughs) back, I want to join the band. I would write back, stay in school, Mm -hmm. be in a band, do whatever you want, but stay in school, finish high school, please Mm -hmm. go to college. It's very important. You can do all the music stuff also, you know? And so this guy had stayed in school, had stayed in, in college and was looking at grad schools now and was looking at U of I because that's where we went, that's where poster children oh, went. And he nice. couldn't believe that he was there to thank me. And I was at that, you know, I was like, and and I think I always say that my guitarist to get my my partner is gonna get really mad because I always say, but he started crying. He was so touched. <laughs> you know, and that's you know, whatever he doesn't want to know be known for for having <laughs> you know emotions and stuff. He was crying. We were all we were like, you know. Warner brothers can delay the record. I don't care. That's totally fine. But mm. you know, we, we touched this guy and made him want to learn more. Yeah. What's better than that.
0: Yeah. That's, that's, that's the best great. thing that you can do. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. Nice. My, uh, I have my, so, so today is a special day because I have 950 brand new vinyl albums in my basement that I yeah. have to insert handmade artwork into and, and, uh, my helper's, the rest of my band has just shown up, and my record label has just shown up to, nice. to help me.
0: Nice.
1: <laughs> so I'm waving to them.
0: <laughs> nice. Well, uh, then, then let's you know take another like fifteen minutes, and I'd, I'd like to ask uh, as you're as you're teaching your students, um, and you, it seems like you probably will work with quite a few um, since you you know you're working with the with school of music students probably a fair number of, of, you know, you know, concert musicians. And um, have you worked with, uh, have you had a lot of composers come to your, your classes?
1: I think that I, I think so. Um, There are a lot of people who take music composition classes, but I think that they're composition majors. So they may not go that much into the, you know, they may may not be required to take the music business class. I think think it's it's an elective elective for them. Okay. Yeah. And meanwhile, I, I will have, you know, I, boy, I've got my share of people who are going to become famous record producers. <laughs> nice. That's, 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 always, that's like, you know, I'm going to be a famous baseball star. Yeah. Okay. Good. You have a baseball. Good <laughs> cracking. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, if, if I were to have a lot of um, a lot of classical composers come through mm-hmm. my music business class, what might I need to tell them
0: oh. well, I was going to ask what you would since you since oh, you have what us, would like, I tell them what what, what would you, yeah what would you tell them um with the perspective that you have you know maybe knowing knowing that composers need to you know publish their music and market it somehow uh try to secure performances and and commissions from from your perspective what what would you encourage them to do.
1: I would say well what what's their goal? Mm-hmm. Are they so think about what your goal is first and it's funny I had a student yesterday say you know well I'm going to after I graduate I'm going to see if if we can make it with the band and then you know and 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 then I'll see if I need to find a job and I said that's great how are you going to know if if you made it? Yeah. When are you going to know if you made it? You know mm-hmm. and he was and then my grad student said, when he makes a living at it, duh. and I was like, shh, <laughs> grad student, quiet. <laughs> Come on, let the, let the, let the freshman answer. Yeah. Um, so, so what do you want to do? Do you want to travel around the world performing in four to a hundred people? Because mm-hmm. then that's a path. Then, then, you know, there are steps to take in order to do mm-hmm. that. Do you want to travel around the world playing to 10,000 people? There are different steps to take in order to mm-hmm. do that. Do you want your music to be known and played by people, but not necessarily go around, you know, and and meet other people? You just want to, you want to be prolific and write lots. Mm -hmm. There's a different path for that, obviously. And that's, Mm -hmm. I think that's to start writing and get a mentor and have people, Mm -hmm. you know, shop your music around. Um, So what are the different goals you know, and and what do you want out of life? You know, and that's what I would ask people first. I think, yeah. and then find somebody who's doing that and sort of study their path. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's. I I didn't go to school to learn music business. I mm-hmm. I got lots of different people, you know, drunk on my free beer from my band and listened <laughs> to them talk. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, that's the, and or or I listened to you know fantastic. Amazing mentors who have mm-hmm. have lots of friends who listen to them, mm-hmm. and so you learn a lot. You learn so much by listening to people talk. Mm-hmm. So that's why your podcast is so important because you're you're giving people experience. Um, you're you're letting people hear people from all over the place and you know, different genres talk.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's that's how been a, you
1: will learn the most.
0: Yeah, that that's been a that, that's one of the big goals here is is make sure people can hear. A lot of different perspectives. Um, of course, they're they're mostly they're going to get they're going to get a big, big dose of me <laughs> and my... Uh,
1: but you know what, your you network. is is you're, you're yeah, but you're a teacher. That's mm-hmm. that's what you're doing is you're teaching and you're making mm-hmm. and you're making you're enabling people to to communicate with each other. So that's you know maybe maybe you, you have a certain genre, but that's I think that that you're really you're really really good at that at, oh, at the teaching part. So, um, so can I ask you though, what are the, I'm just interested. What are the different goals that a, a classical music composer could have?
0: I think, um, for, for many, um, it, it, it can vary. Some, some want to, I mean, getting commissions is, is, to, is a really big, more commissions, more performances. Those are the, the, uh, the big, you know, continual, things that we, that we want to get. And it's, it's, it becomes this cycle of over and over, you know, getting the next commission, fulfilling it, getting paid, and then searching for the next one. So mm-hmm. being pro, you know, to prolific to some degree, or at least consistently producing and a lot having income from commissions and uh, from performances to support you to be able to do the next thing. So it becomes a cyclical process, right. um, yeah. and and some some and want also, to do it. Mm-hmm. Is
1: is there is there thoughts of you know is there such a thing as selling out? Like somebody has commissioned you to do something that you don't, or or there's possibility of money doing something that you don't want to do.
0: Yeah, I mean, usually it, when when you do that, you and, and you know. I, I never, I never, I mean, I don't think any of us like the term selling out, um, but doing that, usually you, you leave the genre temporarily. You, uh, you know, yeah. there's, there's the money, a uh, big money for something that other people might poo poo. It's usually because you've stepped out, you, you've stepped off the lawn. You're, you're, you're mm-hmm. somewhere else now. And maybe you're only <laughs> I <love that>. taking, <laughs> you're only like. Taking one step and you're coming back, Uh, you know, so, you know, doing things like video game music or doing music for film. Some people think that that's selling out, doing commercial music. um,
2: Yeah.
0: And it's it's not. Uh, It's using your skill to do something (laughs) else. But um, I think a lot of people do have that fear. And I think some people do hold on to, um, you know, not so much, some people aren't afraid for themselves. They're they're afraid for other people. That you know, don't don't sell out. Don't sell out. You don't want to be a sellout. Don't don't do this. I mean, yeah. you're not you're not legit anymore. I think that's going away. Uh, as yeah, as I think you're go. right. Yeah, as we're, that was a we're... big thing. That's,
1: <laughs> that's <laughs> a big thing in the in the punk rock genre too. I mean, yeah. it's, just, it's you can't sell out.
0: Yeah, and I, I think now with um, now that style isn't such a big concern in concert music anymore. We don't have these big camps of the, you know, s- academic styles of music uh, versus, you know, non-academic, uptown, downtown type stuff. Now that that's really, an, you know, we've got a whole cross-genre thing going in a, in a bunch of different quarters. I think people are more, now more concerned with writing their own music than in, you um, shitting on other people for theirs
1: (laughs) well that's good that's yeah yeah yeah, yes (laughs) on your own lawn don't see anybody else stepped off their lawn that's good yeah yeah (laughs) yeah that's nice so that's good to know that's um and and are there other i mean so when you get commissions are there different types i know there's different types of commissions but um are there you know, would you perform your music? Um, or, I mean, are there some composers that wish to perform their own music and others that wish to, for others to
0: play it? Yeah. Yeah. That that's, it's becoming a little more prom or more, more typical for, for composers to have more of an active hand in performance. I think most, Mm -hmm. um, I think most composers aren't performers and they're fine with that. They're proficient with one or two instruments. Um, and they can do it if they have to, but they're not comfortable performing. They're, they're maybe not proficient enough with the instrument to actually perform with it. Um, but but there are more and more composers that do have you know quite a bit of proficiency and, and want to perform. You know, uh, like I do it. Um, Kate Soper does it. Uh, Tim Landres does it. Um, God, there's so many. Uh, Rena Esmail lots of lots of composers who who do they, they they do perform their own music and music of other people um some of them some not but you know it's it, yeah. it's, it's a path it's it's become a genuine path for composers for some to do that mm-hmm. um you know for for me i'm i'm happy performing my own stuff i know i'm never gonna be you know in front of a a, a giant uh concert hall you know, I'm not going to be like at the the front of Carnegie Hall, but like I I don't mind. Like that's it's not appropriate to my career, really.
1: That's if only I could find that John C- Fine quote. I, I have to, you know, just the the no no. Um, Wait, do we have time for me to look at it? Can you edit yeah. it? I'll I'll look at it, oh, yeah, yeah, look it up. Oh yeah yeah, look it up. Okay, good. Let's see. I went I went on the internet. Because um, it was, yes, um, Penguin Random House," so it's on his publish, publisher. It says, "Something at no point at all." Yeah. OK. At no point at all were any of these bands, quote, "ever threatened even distinctly, even distantly, by actual fame." <laughs> <laughs> Never be threatened by actual fame." Yeah, now that, I got to get back to, to where you are. I'm like, yeah,
0: there you go. <laughs> I, I like that. It's the it, best. It's it, it it speaks to the doing it for the love of it.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And yeah. and being um, workman workmanlike. Do, doing the work, mm-hmm. getting it done, loving it and then doing it again.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic. So, you know, it's fun to me is is to speak, is to be allowed to speak with somebody from a different genre um, mm-hmm. and see all the comparisons that we can have. And then to, you know, just bring crazy, you know, pull in little David Foster Wallace and mm-hmm. talk about punk rock and then talk about, you know, I, I can't think of what else we brought into the conversation, but that's always interesting to me. Yeah,
0: I think that's how some of my best ideas have come about and i think it's how you know most people i know their best ideas come from outside of what they do uh you know yeah. i'm always yeah. i'm always looking to the book world and i think some of the the most interesting things that that i've done or that i want to do come from there and some people yeah. get their best ideas from artists you know or from you know whomever and some if you if you know the more people you know and the more you surround yourself with smart people and talent, the more it all kind of, it, it percolates. It, it, you learn things that you wouldn't have gotten otherwise. Yeah, it's yeah, fantastic. It, it can send you in a whole new fruitful direction.
1: Yeah, so this is just a missive that students should stay, come to class be with all of your, your people there and listen mm-hmm. to them, listen to your mentors and learn from everybody and learn. Mm-hmm. I want to make a t-shirt that says, I was saying, you know, I teach all the things, you know, I was like, <laughs> oh, should I teach this and this? And then I went, wait a minute, I'll teach all the things. But then I thought, oh, what's even better um, slogan is learn all the things.
0: Yeah, exactly. So that's what
1: you just said. Learn all the things. I have to make Pretty a t-shirt much. like that. <laughs> Nice. Cool.
0: Nice. Well, we're at the, the hour mark here. So um, thank you for being on the show. This has been great. Uh, where can people find you, post your children, you know, anything you've done? Where Where can they find you online and, and you know, learn more about you and get in touch with you?
1: You can... Um, if- if you if you Google me, <laughs> see what happens. <laughs> um, but uh, the website is, is, um, has been pared down now because we're getting ready to release this record. So mm-hmm. I have almost ten years of tour diaries that were online that I published mm-hmm. while while I, I hand wrote HTML mm-hmm. code. Oh yeah from people's floors while I was on tour, we would, we would, after, after a show, I would say in the microphone, does anybody have a floor we could sleep on? And you know, <laughs> there would be people who would have floors. And then, then I would say, do you, you know, do you have an internet connection? <laughs> <laughs> Cause we need to upload our tour reports. And so, yeah. um, really from 1994 to 2002, my tour diary is online and I'm trying to, I'm wanting to make that into a book now. So yeah. that's my new project. Nice. Um, and to advance the canon of punk rock. So yeah. you, can, you can always find me on the internet.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, and w- we should we should talk about the book thing. I know a lot about how to do that. Do <laughs> can, you? I'm happy to help. Oh,
1: okay. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, oh, awesome. All right. So, that would yeah, be great. Yeah. Well, I'm we'll, going we'll to, and I want to contact you and, and beg you to come and talk in front of my music business class again, oh, since I, already you've been talk. requested.
0: Oh, good. I'm, I'm happy to do it. Uh, so we'll, I, we'll stick around yeah. here and w- we can talk about it when we go off the air. Um, so I'm going to do okay. a little wrap up here. So uh, everybody, thank you for listening today. And thanks again to, to Rose. You've been fantastic. Um, call to action this week. Uh, like last week, Check out the Facebook page, hit, hit like. That's when you know when these uh, live events happen. And I'm going to try to share some extra stuff, uh, extra little thing. And I, I should only have one call to action, but I'm going to do two. Uh, make sure you get on the music publishing podcast mailing list because I'm going to start putting out some some really fun. Uh, interviews with uh, guests that you're not going to get here. You're not going to get anywhere else just there. So do that musicpublishingpodcast.com. It's easy to find the link to click. So again, thank you for listening and I'll talk to you next time.